0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Seven Minutes or Less. This is your host, Ben, and I wanna talk about probably the best coach in the NBA. And when it's all said and done, this guy just keeps putting together good team, scrappy teams that succeed regardless of the talent level and that man is Eric Spolstra. Spo is just a basketball savant and I love what he said earlier in the year when he was talking about like the the game moving towards the three-point line and all the you know analytics that show that that's that's the most efficient way for teams to run their offense. But if you look at the teams that won, even like a team like Toronto last year, and a lot of teams that shoot the, like the teams that shoot the most threes aren't always the best team in the NBA. It just so happens that Golden State was winning, so everybody's trying to copy that. But good luck finding Steph Curry and and uh, Clay Thompson in your backcourt and add Durant to that, the three best shooters of all time, you know? You gotta you gotta be realistic and p- use what you have. And Spolstra in the beginning of the year was talking about the, the mid-range game. There's an efficient shot that you can find there and you gotta take it. Um, so they look at the analytics of that as well. I just like that he's outside the box and when everyone else zigs, he's zagging. That, to me, is what a good coach is. There's ebbs and flows. Uh, when it comes to the style of play. And a lot of that has to do with the, you know, the players that are dominating at the moment. And right now, like people are doing the step back three pointer like James Harden. Yes, he's dominating offensively, but is his team effective? Um, So I think you got to write your own script today because the NBA is not following that Golden State model anymore because they're not competing against Golden State anymore. So the NBA is wide open, and a team like the Clippers, they're like Kawhi's a mid-range kind of player as well. So, so that's that's an adjustment teams have to make, and that's what you're going to start seeing is, and I think what you should start seeing is a move back to the big man. Um, all the NBA needs is that one high school player who's coming in, who's like the next Yao Ming or the next Shaq, who's going to force teams to to have to put a formidable center to defend that player and to kind of move the ball into, into the paint. Because what happens is when you have a player like Joel Embiid shooting threes, yeah, he's a good three-point shooter, but forget about the analytics. I don't want that guy shooting threes. Okay, keep the defense honest once in a while, but... I guarantee you that other coaches, opposing coaches, are getting very excited when they see him shoot threes because he, he could dominate the paint, and what that does is it puts pressure on the defense, it opens, um, because it, he gets other centers in foul trouble, other big men in foul trouble in the paint, and he can't really be stopped down there, it makes it a lot easier for penetration for his teammates, um, because obviously the other team doesn't want to lose their players to foul trouble, so that changes the game. Um, A lot of things that that opens up is not something that shows up on the stat sheet all the time. Um, So hopefully the game moves in that direction because, frankly, I think the game has lost a little bit of its luster. It's kind of boring, and Greg Popovich is right. He said it sucks. It's it's boring basketball. Um, Once in a while, it's nice. It's fun, depending on the personnel. If you have a Klay Thompson and a Curry, then of course it's great, but I don't like seeing random players taking 40 foot jumpers, you know, for no reason when the shot clock's at 18. But I just want to touch a little bit on Miami and why I think they can be a sleeper team. Uh, I mocked one of my friends in the beginning of the year, and I, I apologize. I just didn't see it on paper. I didn't see the the potential success of Miami because I'm like, okay, you know what? They could be a playoff team. They could be like, you know, 41 and 41 kind of team, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. Um, I wouldn't bet the over because I don't I didn't see them having a good team and I see they lost you know Whiteside and they're probably gonna be you know they they were banged up a little bit um, Justice Winslow and I just thought like okay there's a lot of scrappy guys on that team but I just didn't expect this and let me say this Jimmy Butler is a winner he's just a winner look what he did in Minnesota in this short time there look what he did. Everywhere he went, he just wins. He's he's a tough guy to be around, but if he's the main player, if he's your main guy, you're in good shape, it turns out. I just didn't want him anywhere near the Knicks. But they can potentially swing a trade for like a Chris Paul, um, like Drodrick and, and somebody else, and maybe Olinick. But look at all the pieces they have. They have Myers Leonard and Olinick at center who stretch the floor, and they're, they're scrappy. They, they, they get a little rough, which is really good, but... The main guy is Adebayo, like, who saw that coming? I thought he was going to be like, maybe, um, you know, a Bismack Biambo, you know, or like a, at best, a Serge Ibaka type, but he's just turned out to be one of the best centers in the league already. Like, he has a crazy impact, like a, like a Gobert type of impact. Um, plays with a lot of fire and emotion, which I love. And that's 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 Riley's DNA. The way he built this team, you know, even from guys like James Johnson, those are the kind of role players I like, because they're like they play multiple positions, they defend multiple positions. He's a tough guy. He he does a little MMA um, on the side, so love guys like that. Justice Winslow, just just a rough enforcer type at the guard spot, which is pretty cool. Um, he when he plays point forward, he's just really good. Um, Kendrick Nunn was unbelievable find. I mean, other than Devontae Graham, I mean, he was probably the best find in the the recent seasons um, and off the scrap heap. And they have all these nice young shooters like uh, Duncan Robinson and uh, Tyler Harrow or Hero, whatever you want to call him. Just solid guys put around Jimmy Butler. And I just think that the East is so... Pathetic this year that it's really it might just come down to the like a, a three-team race the Celtics um, Maybe I have to put the Bucks in there, but but they haven't proved anything to me It's just Holzer does this a lot in the regular season. He's like D'Antoni-esque in that way But you got to keep them in you know, they they lost Brogdon. They lost Miritich so that that can be big um, But we'll see what happens in the playoffs. The Sixers have to click. This is they have all the talent you just need another, maybe a potential bench player. Maybe they go after Marcus Morris. I don't know, but they need to change something there. I love Thibault. I love, some, the, I love the defensive potential there. But you got to score in the playoffs, and you got to be able to shoot. So I just think that Miami has a, a puncher's chance of getting out of the East this year. Who knows what happens with Indiana and Oladipo if he gets healthy and, and ready, and Brogdon coming back. But for now, um, I, I like where Miami's headed.